It's 2022. Do you know where your consumer is? The Channel Mastery Podcast is created for executives who are obsessed with knowing everything about their target consumers, because that's what unlocks the future success and impact of our brands and businesses today. Every week on this podcast, we dig deep to bring you what's working and what's not when it comes to winning the attention of and building loyalty with your target consumer. We've got a lot to share, so let's get to it. And thanks so much to Verde Brand Communications for being the presenting sponsor of the Channel Mastery Podcast. Let's do this. Welcome back, everyone, to Channel Mastery. We have a very special episode today. I get to introduce you to a great longtime friend of mine and colleague, Lita Kalfas, who is the CEO and owner of Mountain Stuff. Welcome to the show. It is so great to see you and to have you here on the show today. No, it's so great to be with you, Kristen. Thank you for asking me. Oh, of course. So we're here to talk about, I think, a lot of evolution around the important pivot point that a sales representative offers between retail stakeholders and brands slash vendors. And you and your team have been part, I think, of a very, very innovative solution. So before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you, Lita, and your background and how you came to found Mountain Stuff and how Mountain Stuff is different. Great. Uh, So Mountain Stuff actually started just a little bit before me with my brother-in-law, Tom Gordon, and he had me join him in 1994. Back then in the 90s, the outdoor industry was uh, pretty, still pretty small. They had kind of broken away from the, the ski show. They got their own outdoor show. It was in Reno. It's the time where I feel like the outdoor industry really started to grow up and really started to get like legit. And mm-hmm. uh, I was part of that growth in an agency in the Rocky Mountains. Um, and one of the things that I think Uh, Tom instilled and to this day I carry is really about the personal touch and care with the retailer, with our customer. And yet we also have this connection and this uh, relationship with a vendor that we need to mind as well. And we have to find a way to, to pair those together. But in the 90s, it was very, very basic. It was, you know, you do your selling you do your clinicking, you go to the stores, you're on the road, you're seeing people. And the cycle starts twice a year, just goes over and around again. And the only thing really that Tom and I had that was secret sauce was just the care that we had for our retailers. And we really, I mean, they really became dear friends. You know, I would stay with them on the road. And I think a lot of folks in the outdoor industry, in my position as reps, I think they do have the benefit of developing those kinds of relationships with retailers. It's it's not something so unique to, to Mountain Stuff. But over the years, as we have had brands like Osprey for the past 28, 29 years, uh, Outdoor Research, Western Mountaineering, and some core outdoor brands, uh, we've grown. And then Tom retired in 2013. And I had a vision to really continue this and grow the business kind of beyond where Tom and I had it. Uh, So in 2013, I brought on a business partner, Rich Waite, and we really had the vision to grow this company, this rep agency, like a family. Um, Rich is like my sixth brother. You know, he's just, he's always been family to me. Everyone needs six brothers. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, that's fine. I I have three. So... That's yeah. great. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> five's not enough. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Um, anyway, we just we we had the shared vision of wanting to grow and do it in a way that we would have fun, that we would care for each other, 
Um, it, when Rich and I got together, it was almost like we were holding hands and said, okay, are we getting married? Are we going to do this? And it was really, it was just, you know, very intentional and really cool. So yeah. from that point, we just really took care in bringing the right people on who fit into our culture of family. And that's where I think Mountain Stuff has evolved to our secret sauce being, we see our retailers as family. We see our vendors as family, you know, and now we've grown to be seven people and it's, it, we're, we're tight knit. We look after each other. We take care of each other. We feel supported. Um, it's just a great, it's, it's just been a great ride. And I, I love all of that. And it is incredibly important to your differentiation, but I also want to just put out there because as you know, what this show is about and has become about in 2022, especially is looking at how we've always done things and evolving them forward because you and I have been in this outdoor rec space for a while. The relationships are the reason we come to work every day, which is what you've just identified and underscored. And obviously as larger companies change hands, that's one of the things that will change the industry, but there are still these pockets. And what what I know you and your team provide is like a level of business partnership and trust that you bring to both the brand and the retailer that literally is almost like a translator to them around the territory that you're covering. So it's like you're you're bringing the lexicon and the theater of that brand into the stores on the brand's exactly. behalf. And you're, and the retailers trust you to put the right things on the stage, if you will. And that yeah. takes a long time to earn that trust. They obviously went through hell and high water through ah. COVID, like trying to get that retail buy done, which you all have been critical for. It literally is what makes or breaks the business. Okay. During a time when they couldn't touch and feel the product and during a time when like, we weren't sure how we were going to get the product into this, into this channel. So I wanted to just put that underneath our conversation because ultimately that trust that you've built with these brands and with these retailers as the absolute, like, I think the, the binding that holds them together successfully, um, and if you look at the trade shows, here we are in August of 2022, having reverence for the trade shows. That's how I, I've grown up in the industry. So I'm not at all bashing them, but like they are not serving the purpose or hold the value equation that they once did. And think about it. I once had a client tell me that, that the trade shows offer us the opportunity to show the theater of the brand, the merchandising, the new product, the parties, meeting the people uh, on both sides or all three sides with media, et cetera. Um, and that's gone now. So like yes. it, it, a lot of people might've been short-sighted in your role and said, oh, how are we even going to stay relevant? But really what it comes back to is like, okay, well, what do our people need? Right. And yeah. I, that's where I'd love to hear maybe some of the, the moments during COVID and coming out of COVID um, that have really defined who today's mountain stuff is. And then yeah. we'll get into kind of like the commitment that you've jumped into that we're here yeah. to talk about. Uh, so, you know, we're here we are rolling rolling through uh, a few years together after 2013 and then 2020 hits. Um, I have to just kind of give a shout out to my oldest son, Jackson, who told me in November of 2019, Mom, there's this pandemic and there's this you know disease, this infectious disease in China. And he was all like worried about I'm like, oh, it'll be OK. It'll be OK. And then, you know, five months later, here we are. The world shuts down. And how, how do we stay relevant to your, to your question? Um, the things that 
I, I've, I've always felt like reps were an underappreciated part of the equation between a retailer and a vendor. And if we had to really become more of that picture and be more visible, we had to insert ourselves more. So we found ourselves during the pandemic inserting ourselves as much as we possibly could between the vendor, between the retailer, you know, checking in, making sure that they're okay, you know, figuring out different ways to do business, whether it's like buy online and fit in store, what Osprey did, um, and how can we help do that? How do we reframe our our clinics to do them virtually and to also um, uh, talk about different uh, techniques to stay socially distant, yet how do you fit a pack? You know, those kinds of, of things we have to, we have to kind of relearn. How do you show a garment and talk about its, you know, its, its hand, its feet. It's like, it's, it's really, really tricky. And they had to really trust us, but that all that goodwill that we've created before by the closeness of our relationship kind of gave us that base to be able to do that. But if they, if they didn't have you during that time, what's that? I said, just imagine if they didn't have you during that time as, as partners who are willing to try different things. And let's also remind us all, and we all know this, but you have different brands, just like my company. They all require a different touch and a different approach and success looks different for every single one. So at the same time, you're, you're working to try and, I think, engineer a new system that works in your company, but you can't really scale it because it's so unique to the brands that you're working on, you know? Yeah, right. And with. So I also just want to point that out too. Like, I think that, you know, we've all kind of, I've said jokingly on the podcast, like we've been training for this. Let's stay nimble. Let's ah. keep pivoting. We're really good at this now. We have a PhD, but at the same time, um, you kind of almost, I, and we've heard people, they're waiting for something easier to happen. And yes. that something easier is outdoor retailer. So Lita, if you could tell us when you and your team at Mountain Stuff realized that the platform of the trade shows or even like the regional shows, the moving shows around there, like when you realized something more was needed to extend the level of partnership you knew you needed to, to your stakeholders? So um, that's such a great question because for us, it started to happen before the pandemic. It really did. The timing was really kind of jostly with trade shows and deadlines for us would happen so much earlier. So we had to start to be creative and either go out more, more on the road before shows would even happen to see people, fly them in and see them in our showroom that was at the Denver Merchandise Mart. Uh, there was a collection of reps that were at the Denver Merchandise Mart. and We were kind of piecemeal all over the, the mart, but we would you know, see some of the same customers. And then the other thing was shows are so limiting because you have like an hour block or a two hour block. And there's just not the time to relax, maybe grab a lunch, talk about the business. It was always like you had to hop right into showing product and you, and you really need that tee up time to, you know, touch base again, understand the business, see what's working for them. Um, Just understand how they're doing, you know, connect again. Although the connections were happening at the shows, we saw a reduction in the amount of people going to shows just overall. They were starting to stay closer to home, do their regional shows. But again, because the regional shows are only three days, that really wasn't doing the trick either. We had to do something different. So the Denver Merchandise Mart was a solution 
that then got pulled out from under us. How did it get pulled out from under you? I wasn't aware of that. So the Denver Merchandise Mart, uh, it was a, we probably had 30 or more reps that had different showrooms in the Merchandise Mart. Merchandise Mart was for reps in different industries, jewelry, gift, apparel, okay. uh, flooring. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of reps that had, that, that then, you know, trade folks would come in and buy their, their things, see the samples, et cetera. And so, so this was like, was it almost like a WeWork where you would book it as you needed it? Or was it no, something you had we, to commit to? We had a commitment just year okay. by year. And this okay. is the same location where the WWSRA show, our, our regional okay. trade show association, would have their trade shows. So it was kind of nice because they could have their trade show and then the customers could just go upstairs and see us in our showrooms. So right. we started pull away from WWSRA just in Denver only because we had a more full experience and a more, um, just a, a better overall buying connection in our own showroom that wasn't dismantled and then put up and dismantled and put up. It wasn't grid wall. It was something more, it was just elevated. So we had that. And then what happened is because of the, um, of the pandemic, the Denver Merchandise Mart lost so much revenue because trade shows were a big part of what they did. Um, and that just went away. Okay. So we got the word in March, February or March of 2021 that we had to find a new home. Oh, for the love of God. You're like, oh, <laughs> great. Um, good, because we really haven't had enough change in our business. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. So talk us through the next steps that you took at Mountain Stuff, because this is actually kind of a cool opportunity because you were kind of feeling like before the pandemic hit, you had a a sense, you were, you were uh, seeing the smoke signals, if you will. Then you like walked into the pandemic and had to do everything we did during that time. Then you landed somewhere. I mean, that gives you a really nice foundation from which to make, I think, a calculated risk decision. Tell us yeah. like what, what happened then? So it, <clears throat> it was just kind of a, a core group of us, Axel Geithner, Steve Copeland, myself, a number of other reps um, that maybe seven of us that kind of came together and really realized that, you know, we need to stay together. That was it. We need to stay together because what we've done here is create such a great place for our retailers to land. We don't want to lose that. We've gotten great feedback just by being at the Denver Merchandise Mart, like, oh, this is so convenient. I could just come here for like a week and get all my buying done. You know, it was great. And we had lots and lots of brands there. But then where do we go? So this steering committee that I was describing, seven of us, we looked at like five different properties, talked to different landlords and landed on one uh, that was owned by a guy in our industry, used to be in our industry, Ken Gart. Who, uh, oh, yes, I know Ken. The yeah, bikes are. He's awesome. He had a property that we think would, would, would fit. But what we needed is kind of a master leaseholder to then build out the space and create our own custom showrooms. And we got that by partnering with Thrive. Thrive Workplaces is a temporary workplace solution. There's a number of them in the Denver metro area. They're all, um, they all have kind of like uh, uh, different owners, might kind of like a franchise model. Mm-hmm. But this one is owned by the brothers, Chad and Charlie Johnson. And they've taken a great interest in this new model for them, which is a kind of a permanent model. It's a 
we are paying month by month and we have a five-year lease. So some reps have a three-year, some reps maybe have done a 10-year. Most of us, I think, did a five-year commitment to this model of, of doing business. So we are in our own spaces now. Holy, you know what, a five-year yeah. commitment. I mean, it's funny because, you know, you've sat in the, a lot of the same meetings I have where they kind of, you know, whether it's a sales meeting or a strategic planning meeting around a new category within a brand. And sometimes they'll say the three to five-year vision. And like that used to be something I was excited to participate in before the pandemic. And now I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy. But, but yeah. it really isn't when it comes down to like needing to provide something like, you know, like you are, I think it's actually, and you're able to use this like a canvas and change it as you need to change it. So it's not like you're locked into a, a, you know, something that happens twice a year that's owned by a larger company. Like this is for, for reps by reps. It sounds like. Yep. And independent reps. And this is where the, you know, going back to something I said earlier, just, I've always understood the importance of the rep connection to the retailer and the vendor more so than I think the industry likes to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And this is a way when I was talking about inserting ourselves, how can we insert ourselves? This is the way to insert ourselves because what, what we've done at mountain stuff in our room is actually create a brand experience in our showroom. Each of our areas, each of our brands, Osprey outdoor research, Western mountaineering, Loa and Blundstone has their own unique feel and area in our space. We can show 10 different retailers at the same time. I mean, in different stages, in different areas. It's it's just so, so nice. And then what it does is it takes the retailer who's been slammed into this narrow slice of what's called the buying season, and it helps them elongate it. They love it. So Lifetime Sea Otter Classic Summit 2023 is joining Faraday Brand Communications as our sponsor for this new year. The goal is to deliver the solutions and best-in-class resources presented to executives in the outdoor recreation industries at the summit to you every week on the Channel Mastery Podcast. And we couldn't be more excited to exceed your expectations on that goal every week. So at the summit earlier this year in April 2022, Right before the Sea Otter Classic, we gathered over 200 executive leaders from the outdoor, bike, endurance, and vehicle-supported adventure markets for two days of business intelligence, specialty market resourcing, and peer networking. It was awesome because it happened right before the Sea Otter Classic, which literally had about 80,000 consumers there. And guess how many people camped at the Sea Otter for multiple nights? Almost 7,000. Okay, this is a, a very special consumer event and to have this right before it is huge. We're going to share all the details on the 2023 summit in a very uh, near-term episode here and watch, uh, we'll be announcing things from a marketing standpoint, but I just wanted to make sure and thank Lifetime and Verde Brand Communications. Thank you so much. So that's a really interesting comment. Can you please shed some light on what you mean around, I think, lengthening the buy-sell cycle? for your retailers? So retailers, if you think about the position that they're in, these buyers are seeing so many brands and they have to buy and figure out for their store. It's just a monumental task they have to work with. And the faster they go through the the product, the faster they go through this process of buying, I think the reduced outcome is kind of inevitable. And what I mean by that is, 
maybe it's not a great buy. Maybe it's not a great representation of your brand. Maybe it's a, you know, so, so to have more of their time with you, three hours instead of an hour or an hour and a half, to go through and step through the go-to-market strategies for outdoor research, for example, or what, what are the foundations that Osprey needs us to talk about to, to lay that out for the consumer so that they're marching in lockstep with where the brand wants to project itself and its product, et cetera. So right. only through elongating these appointments and thus the time from, you know, from a week or two to maybe six weeks, maybe now there's six weeks that we're seeing customers in and out of our showroom um, as needed. We, we do try to focus that the showing to like a week or two because the critical mass is what makes this whole thing work. Right. You know, when when we all talked about, we reps all talked about, we have to stay together now that the Denver Merchandise Mart was, was going away. We knew that critical mass was it. And how do we take our critical mass and have that be important to our vendors and our retailers? And our retailers understand that if they are coming in and other retailers are coming in, there's more reps that are going to be around to be showing them. Um, so it's just, it, it, it's, a, it's a, a step that we took that just grows the whole pie. It is mm-hmm. not a, um, a, a small-minded kind of like, well, we don't want to be sharing customers. It's like, no, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to set up our customers to be in the most adv- advantageous position to see us for the longest period of time and have the best brand experience that we can give them. And that's what the Outdoor Market Alliance does. And that's also a lot, uh, it's a lot more, well, maybe the old platform of the show had 30,000 people. It was like, it was like in and out, like speed dating, for, you yeah. know, hour on yeah. the hour on the hour. And I know, you know, our brands and and the reps that we've worked with over the years, yourselves included, are on from six in the morning to like 11 or 12 at night, trying to cram everything in. And I feel like this is, it's definitely more catered to like a relationship forming and building process around an evolving business, right? I think it has to go this way in order for you to maintain the level of partnership that you've worked so hard to build trust around. You cannot, I don't think, solve for what needs to be solved for in an hour long appointment at right. a trade show today. Like, and what I'm hearing you say is like, the thing that's making this work is obviously you're building a platform with other reps, but you're able to almost offer like a much different experience where there's like a mindset shift in the buyer. They're coming in and they're almost like going to a workshop in addition to seeing a line. We're yeah, working on our right. business. We're working to see like exactly where we are now. And frankly, my guess is you're probably seeing you know, having deeper conversations throughout the year as the business is changing throughout the year now so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and even, you know, for our, for our vendors, you know, they can come in and bring in uh, people that they need to see and utilize that space as well. Um, it's just a, a great space to, to land and not have to be temporary. I mean, the only thing that we're changing in that space really is twice a year, the product in and out. The product we sell for spring 23 we're going to be removing that now and putting in the product for fall 23 so that our buyers can see that starting in October. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so that also kind of gives you the freedom to be able to control the calendar in a way that works for the retailers and not for where the 
the major companies that are running these shows. Not that WWSRA is that, please hear me. Like I realize Mm -hmm. that's also buy and for reps, but the bigger shows are dealing with like grabbing space in the right city, in the right trade hall. And that really is what's dictating the calendar moments of the buy-sell cycle. And so this also is giving flexibility to like, you know, it, 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 I just think it removes, um, a lot of the just obstacles, frankly, to doing a really smart buy again and again. And, And the buy itself, the value around the buy is changing, um, just in terms of like, you know, there's so many forces, like we'd have to talk for three days to talk about all of them, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, here we are kind of going into September. Um, how, how does it feel out there with your brands? Cause like, I actually have been doing a lot of one-on-ones with Verity's clients and it does seem like we're dealing with a consumer who's still spending. And in my world, it's, it's very much consumer focused and yet they're taking longer to do this buy. And obviously you and I have been reading about um, the bullwhip effect that Target is going through and that we also have major retailers in our space who are really managing a very difficult inventory position right now. So I would love to just get your take on, because you've been through this before. You and Tom Gordon, I know we're, we're there when the, the great recession hit and like we've oh, yeah. all been through like different versions of this, but those horizon lines are not, apples to apples with what we're dealing with here today. So I'm since you talk to so many retailers in our world, um, I would love to hear just maybe just a few insights on on where you think people are without direct recreation. Wow. Um, what, I'm, what I'm hearing from retailers, and this is, you know, dot coms and independent retailers is that they're, they're just this, like, there's this whipping effect of what happened with the pandemic. They were closed and then it was just like, boom, you know, certainly in the Rockies, this is a place where not only we all got outside to recreate, but other people drove to because they were going stir crazy in their homes and get outside. And outside was then the best place to be. So people started running and cycling and hiking. And what's that thing? Backpacking? Let me try that, you know? And so <laughs> there was this enormous boom of new entries into the outdoor industry, you know, uh, REI as a, as a, as a, as a retailer, that kind of caters to bringing people in, I think saw a huge lift. And that really happened to a lot of our independents as well and dot-coms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was, um, they, they had this big lift, they had this big surge. I think after 2020, they were anticipating kind of a little bit of a digestion, but 2021 was also very, very strong. Now what happened then, let's talk supply chain and how yeah. that affects everybody. And uh, that just, that's that's like it's like another pandemic almost. It's like the supply chain issues here. Here we booked Mountain Stuff booked the most we've ever booked with our retailers. We have the orders in place. We're ready to go, and only a percentage of that is actually going to be shipping. Like ah, so that is very difficult for a retailer. And how do we manage that? And how can we maybe extend the cancel date? Or what can we do for them? And so we would make substitutions. We would extend cancel dates. We would insert ourselves to try to be, uh, to try to make their business feel as less impacted as it, it could be. But it was just ultimately that is is an ongoing thing. And my understanding in the industry is it's going to go on. Supply chain issues through 2024 is kind of the the word on the on the street that I'm hearing. So I've heard um, that too. I'm like, hey, yeah. COVID and your great acceleration. Can you maybe apply some of the acceleration over here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
So no um, such luck. <laughs> no such luck for sure. Uh, but yeah, so so there is now this digestion I'm sensing. Orders are, and and I've always thought of it this way. So we have this new flood of of people in the outdoor industry. Not all of them are going to stay there. They're going to go back to kind of their old habits. But some of them have like, oh, I love this. I'm going to take the next step. And so we've now grown the outdoor industry in our consumer base. And so we're going to see growth from 2019. But it's, you know, 2020, 2021 is going to be just anomalies. So I think we go here and we're going to kind of settle down just a bit and, and see where that goes. I don't, I don't see it going away. I see the level above 2019 for sure and kind of getting back to a more normal growth cycle than this kind of peaks and valleys that we've, we've seen either because of, of demand or shortages in, in, uh, in shipping and logistics and things. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And and that is the word from the front line, everyone. Like you're you're talking with buyers every day, all seven of you. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like that's a real a really good snapshot. And and I really appreciate hearing that myself. And um I'm so I think it's fortuitous and very forward looking. And I I know you're de-risking it as you go, right? Like this is a new concept. You've signed a five-year agreement to grow this platform. And I really have to say, like. I have so much respect for what you all are doing and you're putting your relationships first in making this commitment. So I think it's it's massive and I'm really excited to see where it goes. As you know, uh, my business partner, Dave Simpson, is working closely with Outdoor Marketing Alliance to build a public relations event that's coming up here in September and this also is like a very much a first of its kind um, where, you know, we don't usually like call and work with other agencies. We do. I think a lot of the agencies are really friendly with each other and we love, we love each other, but at the same time, we don't, we don't necessarily go in and do what you all have done. And like, you know, we're trying the same thing, but we're, we had so much respect for what you've built with OMA that, you know, this is an awesome concept that we're really leaning into. And um, our hope is that we're going to have a lot more ahead to support what you're building there and, and really bring media in to have, well, we are, you know, we like to make the media's job more entertaining and more efficient. And, you know, ultimately they have huge reach and we want to make sure that our brands are showing up for them with the best quote theater possible, right? And that includes cause, that includes product. It includes the whole package. And that is something that we get less than an hour at shows. Yeah. So like sometimes it's like 15, 20 minutes and then a lot of follow-up. So this is, it's going to be a really exciting new concept. And I really am so glad that we're able to like, you know, work on the, out of this space that you and your colleagues have created. Yeah. And, you know, hats off to Dave Simpson. He and I were having lunch <laughs> at our outdoor re- research uh, sales meeting. And as I was talking about this new concept that we created called OMA, Outdoor Market Alliance, uh, he's like, huh, I wonder if we could do that in PR. And it just, we just kept talking, kept talking, got the right people involved. And you know, this is again, how do we reps insert ourselves in the whole process to elevate everybody um, in the industry? So, so not only are we, you know, helping the experience with the retailer and the vendors, the PR agencies are such an important, important part of that to bring it to the consumer and get people in that kind of like, oh, that's the next cool thing. But then what about the Colorado Office of Outdoor Recreation? So we're tied in with those guys. Now, mm-hmm. Connor Paul is the director over there. 
And we've been uh, meeting with them and they really love what we're doing. We're, they see us as part of the economic generator for the outdoor industry in the state. And so we're looking at doing different, you know, job internships with them and different collaborations that we can do with them. And, and what else can we tie together? How about like chambers of commerce? How about when this event comes out, this, this PR event that we're doing? What, what if we had the uh, town of Golden Chamber of Commerce there with us so they could talk to the different editors about what the outdoors has to offer here in Colorado? So there's that. so many, there's so many areas that we could just like rise up um, in our industry and we are stronger for it, which is, you talk about the risk and I get it like five years. That's, oh my God, that's, that's really risky. Uh, in on one hand, and yet you look at the risk of not doing something right. You know, amen. Yeah. You, you, so, so we had this space and just going to kind of elaborate on that a little bit. We had this space and we needed to bring our other rep partners together and so we have 25, maybe 26 of us in that space, but there are others who chose not to. And now they're kind of on the outside of the window looking in like, ah, and there wouldn't be, there, there, for me, I just want to blow the whole building up and, and make it more, more, more. We're just <laughs> limited with the space that we have right now, but I would love to see this exploded, you know? Bring in more outdoor reps, more bike reps, more ski reps, you know, have this really be an industry hub, an industry center and make. And so that's another thing that the Colorado Office of Outdoor Rec really likes is they see that bringing these products to life for the retailer, bringing the vendors kind of more closely into Colorado is just such a such a great thing. So, yeah, we want to grow it. Connor Hall is Amazing, number one. And he is, uh, their office is sponsoring a dinner for the media. So thank you for that that lead. And they're all about campuses, platforms, gathering places, elevating Colorado. Like we are, I think, a centerpiece state in the Rockies, right? I know Utah is very important. New Mexico, Arizona, Wyoming, all of them are very, very important. Please hear me. But our office was one of the first offices of outdoor recreation. And I think they've always been forward thinking. And, and I'm, I was delighted to hear that that's part of the experience um, working with Connor and his team. And I think that Connor taking the helm there, we have some great years ahead. Yeah, that's great. So um, there's another aspect of OMA I just want to share. Um, and it's kind of, it, it, it started in our founding together. We always said, we want to do something that gives back. So we are a 501c3. And sadly, the first opportunity we had to give back was to the victims of the Marshall Fire uh, in Mm. the foothills outside of Boulder. You know, just imagine a very tight, small suburban neighborhood that the fire and the flames and the wind just take the whole thing out. Um, It was devastating. One of our key retailers, Neptune Mountaineering, took the, the lead in trying to provide for those that have lost everything. We worked with them uh, in providing over $100,000 worth of product to, you know, from backpacks to shoes to clothing, everything that people would need because they lost everything. Uh, We also had $25,000 in cash that we were able to donate to the victims fund. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was great. And that was our first opportunity to go do something good. And so with um, with OMA, we make sure that we're going to be having a, a beneficiary each year that we'll all select, and 
you know, we'll probably have some kind of meeting to determine who it is for this year. That hasn't happened yet, but yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up. That is such a core tenant of specialty, especially today. Um, That is what separates what you do and aligns you with the values of the brands you represent. And that's what the brands are finding the most emotional connection and loyalty from with the consumer. So I could totally make sense that that's part of the ecosystem. And I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to be together here in just over a month at this new event. And I can't wait to see the space. And I really applaud you. And and it's wonderful to see your family at Mountain Stuff just continue to, to drive forward and drive the business ahead and, you know, honor the state of Colorado, build yeah. what you're building, you know, honor the relationships that have, you know, kept you all in business and thriving for so long. And really, I mean, let's face it, this level of business partnership has been a part of what has pulled these retailers and brands through is what you're doing. So I, I hats off to you. I really want you to know, like, I think that you guys are doing incredible work and thank you so much for sharing it today. Oh, of course. Thanks for asking. Yes. And it's good to see you. Yes. <laughs> Great to see you as well. Can't wait to give you a squeeze when I see you at the end of September. And I, I think we're going to have an awesome, awesome media event. You know, I do too. Really. It's going to be great. So. Yep. And if anyone wants to learn more about the Outdoor Marketing Alliance, where do they go? So it's oma.org. Awesome. Outdoor Very Mar- simple. Excuse me. OutdoorMarketingAlliance.org. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so Outdoor Marketing Alliance. Dot .org. Yes. Awesome. Okay, and that'll all be in the show notes folks. Thanks again so much for being on today, Lita. It was great to have you here. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a great one. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Channel Mastery podcast. Please give us a thumbs up if you like what you hear, share it with a colleague or friend, and also make sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. 